0: Greetings, and welcome back to The Dive, the weekly podcast series in which we examine a topic taken up in the previous week's Daf Yomi study, and we look at it in depth. My name is Yitzhak Etshalom, Shalom, and this is now our second Shi'ur in Masachat Eruvin. It's the second part of a two-parter uh, on the topic of Halakha Moshe Misinai, which was occasion, occasioned by our study of the Sugya and Daf which is also replicated on Daf of Masachat Sukkah about shiurin, chatzitzin, um mechitzin, halakha lemoshe misinai. In the first part, uh, we looked at um, a broad range of sugyot in the Bavli that discussed halakha lemoshe misinai, or invoked the term, and we saw that it was uh, somewhat surprising because it included uh, both things that were disputed, such as the... Uh, the whether or not a particular halakha was halakha moshevi sinai or not meaning whether it had a different source and that we saw in several cases uh, as to whether the whether the halakha sinai was the source of the halakha or what the range of impact of the halakha moshevi sinai was as opposed to psukim uh, or inferences from psukim uh, we also saw that Halakha le- Sinai was something that was disputed, meaning somebody reported a Halakha le- Sinai that they heard, and other people had a, a different opinion. As we saw... Uh, for instance, in the discussion about Eliyahu Na'vi, and that brings us to a third topic, with a third difference issue, issue interesting issue, which is that Halakha leMoshe Sinai applies not only to purely halachic issues. The fourth thing is the anac- and the seeming anachronism of Moshe Rabenu transmitting a halacha about uh, Eliyahu Na'vi uh, or a, an idea about Eliyahu Na'vi. Uh, besides which, we then saw in the Mishnah Masachat Yadayim, the issue of Halakha Sinai, as it applies to uh, Amon and Moab, uh, giving Maaser Ani, or if you live in Jordan, you give Maaser Ani instead of Maaser Sheni during Shemitah, where the whole notion of keeping Shemitah in that country is the Rabbanan, and the determination of which Maaser to give was a rabbinic discussion. And so that, 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 was, that was part of the uh, survey that we took last week, through the Bavli. Today, we're going to look, and this year, we're going to look at three different groups of sources. We're going to take a look at several passages in the Rishalmi. We're going to look at a few of the passages of the Rambam that we have listed here, uh, and then we're going to conclude by looking at a couple of passages in the Midrash, which hopefully will illuminate uh, some of the topics that we have uh, that we've looked at. Okay. Starting from this uh, passage in Yushalmi, at the beginning of Masachat Peah, Now everybody's familiar with the Mishnah at the beginning of Torah. And the simple explanation of that is, is the following are all things that have no minimum, meaning you can do the bare, least possible amount, and still technically be yotze. The Gemara uh, in several places in the Bavli, and the Yushalmi right here, Determines that these things have no shi'ur um, midaraita, but mid rabanan they do have shi'urim. So, for instance, the first one on the list is pe'ah, and the very next Mishnah in pe'ah tells us that the minimum of pe'ah is 160th. So that Elud v'am Shur pe'ah. Pe'ah you could leave one stalk from the corner of your field and be out, say, but mid'rabbanan you have to leave one sixtieth. And then the uh, Mishnah goes on to determine it might be even more than one sixtieth, depending on the yield and how many poor people there are, etc. We now find in the context of ra'yon, no ra'yon, which is the third on that list, ha'pe'ah bikurimva Ra'yon there means riyah, the mitzvah to appear before God three times a year, and how much money you have to spend on the different korbanot, on the olat re'iyah, and on the shalmei chagiga, and the shalmei simcha. Uh, and there is a dispute, pe'cham b'edhillah, which you spend more on, but there are amounts that are given in the Mishnayot, and yet the Mishnah here says, All right, tani rabbi Yossi, kom rabbi Yochanan. So, <coughs> rabbi Yossi, this is not rabbi Yossi of the Mishnah, this is rabbi Yossi, a student of rabbi Yochanan, or a tana, really, who is re- who's presenting a halacha in front of rabbi Yochanan. And Rabbi Yochanan is going to be the central figure in this piece. Riya kol shehu, meaning raayon is any amount. It's the chachamim who gave the minimum that we're familiar with in the in the Mishnah, uh, which is machloket whether ma'akezef u'shteikasef, which one is the olah, which one is the is the shlamim, and that's Beitel Beit Shammai. Amarle, so Rabbi Yochanan responds to this Tana. Viyeshe kein zu. He said, is, is that possible? Right? So the answer was, Isn't that exactly what it is? Isn't all, all the Shirim, aren't they all given by Chachamim? Which, of course, goes against our Sugyan the Bavli, that Shirim are sinai. Maybe. Um, so they lo lo ata mishol ella kahada detani rabbioshaia loye raufanare afilu koshu. Chachamim shamru, kesef, sh'te So you see here that, um, that indeed, uh, the midoraita uh, there's no shiur. And, um, and this now goes back to a bright of Raboshaya who precedes Rabbi Yochanan. And it's Chachamim who gave the shiur. The min do, but here was the problem, smach uh, ladvar torahu amar. Meaning, he was saying that this this relies on something in the Torah. So, in other words, Chachamim relied their words on something in the Torah. So, this is a Rishalmi style, which means Rabbi Yochanan is l'shitato, meaning he's being consistent with his own position, where he was opposing this statement that the Shiurim were totally made up by the Chachamim, because he says, Now here we're hearing Rabbi Yochanan echo what we heard from Rav in Bavel, in the Bavli, Rabbi Ochran says the same thing, shiurim are halacha la which means that they are not fully de Rabbanan. So, du amar ma kesef, shte kesef dvar Torah. So, therefore, you're going to say that the shiur is dvar Torah. Rav O'Shayah, who said that it's de Rabbanan, was following his own position. Now, watch what he says, and we'll see how, how we infer from there that Rabbi Yochanan's position is that all shiurim are de Rabbanan. He says something wild. So let's say that you ate chilev, not nevelah, because that would be makot. That's a different issue. But chilev, where you ate chilev, you found out about it afterwards, so you'd have to bring a chatat. But did you eat a Uh kazayit? We'll see. You have to write down, I ate 14 ounces, or whatever the shior is meaning in a shiur that, that's objective, that's not going to change. Why? Maybe a later beitin is going to come along and redetermine what the shiur is. And as a result of that, maybe you were originally exempt, but now beitin changed it. And by the way, that's interesting, is that now you ate less than a kishior, but chachamim changed the shiur, and now when the beit ha'mikdash is built, you're chayav in a korban, or vice versa. shiur so you see that Rabbi Hillel position is that shirim are totally drabanan, and rabbanan can change the shirim, in given the right juridical uh, context, and uh, and therefore it's not doraita. And then we say Amri chazar bi Rabbi Yochanan mihada. So he said Rabbi Yochanan changed his mind, meaning he changed his mind and agreed that shirim are drabanan. And we have two other students, Rabbi Yona and Rabbi Yossi, who both appear in this sugiah, saying, no, Rabbi Yonah stuck to his guns. He held the whole time, which means, by the way, clearly from the sugiah, they are 100% daoraita, meaning they're Dvar Torah, as he says, and they're not subject to change, and Beit Din does not have any jurisdiction over them, because Beit Din never determined them, and therefore no Beit Din could change them. As opposed to Rabbi Shai, who says, Chachamim made the Shurim and Chachamim, therefore... Um, uh, could uh, could change it. Now we saw something kind of similar to this in our diyun in our sugya when we talked about chatzitza, not shirin, but chatzitza. Because in the sugya of chatzitza, we mentioned the bracha right, of chatz it called besaro, and we said b'mayim mayim should gufo Has to be the amount of water that a person could go into. And she aru ama alama arum and they ended up using transferring. Um, uh, area to volume, and turned out with 40 and The shear of a mikvah is 40 sa'at, And that means, by the way, the following implication, that if you uh, touch a dead body, and you went into a mikvah that was 39 and a half saw of water, even though you fit perfectly into the mikvah, you're a small person, and then you get out, and you go into the azarah, you are chayav karet. And if, on the other hand, you go into that same mikvah and it had 40.1 or 40 exactly, you're totally fine. So that determination of the shiur of a mikvah, which the rabbis did based on their own estimation of the size of an average body, and then converting that into volume of water, then has the impact on del but the position here is that it's the Rabbanan. So we have a machloket whether Rabbi Yochanan changed his mind as a result of these conversations and a result of learning Rabbi Shaya's position and said, really, the Shirim are the Rabbanan, and therefore the Baiting, a baiting could change them. Or he stuck to his gun and said, Shirim are allah halachal Okay. Looking further into the Ushalmi, there is a Mishnah in Masachet Kilayim. And you notice, of course, when you look at Ushalmi, a lot of what we look at is in Zra'im. We don't have any Zra'im in, uh, in the Bavli except in Sugyot, spread here and there, a little bit in Chulun, a little bit in, in Gittin, uh, a little bit in Brachot. Um, but uh, in the Ushalmi, we have a full world of Zra'im. So the Mishnah in the beginning of Masachet Kilayim, uh, and we have a, a similar uh, Mishnah. Um, as far as we're concerned, at the beginning of Masachat Trumot in the second parak, uh, says, So if you have a seah worth of stuff growing that has one rova hakav of something else growing, just cut it down so there's less than that. Rabiosi says, no, you have to get rid of it totally. Right? Rather, even if the rova is made up of two different things together, all right, Rabbi Shimon Omer, lo amru He said, disagrees and it says it's only if there's one thing. So if I have a, uh, this is Kilei Raim. So let's say that I have a, uh, a turnip patch and I have uh, a rova of spinach in there, uh, then I have to either cut it down so there's less than a rova or totally get rid of it. And then the Mishnah then says, even if I had a shminit of spinach and a shminit of squash, that that might combine. Rabbi Shimon says, no, only if it's one thing. Supporting the position of uh, the Tanakama Kama um, says that as long as the item there is something that is kilayim with the major thing in the field, then it's mitzdari florova, medvar ma murim, tuwa bi tuwa bi This is grains against grains or legumes against legumes, Tuva bi kinin bi bi or vice versa. Be'emet amru, and that's the phrase we want to look at. Zerone gina she non nechalin. Let's say you have things growing in the field that are not eaten. They're grasses that aren't eaten. Mitzvari fin, echad mi asim varabo, and And so this is a particular sheer. Now we're not concerned about the halachav kilaim here. What we are concerned about is the phrase Bemetamru, and that's why I highlighted it. So in the Yushalmi, and again, as I pointed out, this is a phrase that shows up four different places in the Yushalmi. It shows up in here, it shows up in Trumot, five different places, it shows up in Trumot, it shows up in Shabbat in the context of Bemetamru hazav Mazava, right? It shows up later on in Masachat Shabbat, it shows up in Nazir. Uh, in a passage that we already saw in the Bavli, Ba'amar Amar which is Elazar, kol makom sheshanu beemet halachalamos shemisinai. So anytime that you see the word beemet amru, that's a nick word, a nickname or a code word for halachalamos shemisinai, which means what they're saying is we have a true tradition, and that tradition is halachalamos shemisinai. And uh, here's what it is. And you don't find a disagreement once a ben is presented in the Mishnah. And it does appear a handful of times. Um, you have now in Masechet Orlah, Masechet Orla, almost at the end of Zraim uh, one parak talks about uh, the all the definitions of orla. Then there's another parak that talks about a lot of the uh, sort of general some general Raim things. And a third parak goes into more details about orla. And at the end, it says safek orla asur Surya Mutar, This is source twenty. So if you have something that you're not sure is orla, it's a tree, and you're not sure if it was planted three years ago or two years ago. So in eretz yisrael. Isur We don't eat it. And Surya, which is a whole sugya by itself of the status of certain lands in um, in northern Syria, uh, which is quasi Israel, it's mutar, meaning if you already harvested it and then somebody says, oh, it's from a tree that's a fake, you could eat it. In you could actually go and buy it directly, totally chutzlaretz. Eventually, to locate, As long as you don't see the guy who's picking it, kilu. You don't know. You, you can't hundred percent know where it came from. So let's say that you have a vineyard. This isn't now possibly chutzlar. you have a vineyard, and there's also vegetables planted. This is now kilayak problem. And right outside, there's a guy selling vegetables. So it looks like it came from there. again kilayim doraita. You don't know where it came from. But it looks like it came from there. You're not allowed to have it. Uvasur mutar. Right? Uvachutzlars Yored locate You can actually go down and pick it yourself. Vachalikotpiyad, just as long as you do it in a different way in Ashinui. Ha Khadash, minator So the Isur of Khadash, a very famous discussion about this. Uh, at the end of the first parak of Kiddush has a discussion about this. Uh, that the Isur of Chadash, of new grains before the Omer is brought, grains that were took root after the last Omer, and were harvested in the meantime. Uh, is a sermon Torah Ha All right, what does that mean? Now, you'll notice that in our Mishnah, we did address the issue of Orla and Laaretz and dealt with it, although far more leniently than even in Surya and certainly than in Eretz Israel. Okay? So that's an important line there because that means that Kilaim and Laaretz mixed seeds or even mixed a vineyard with seeds in it, or with grains in it, is an Isur de Or La is Halakha, as opposed to Chadash Asur Min Torah. So it seems to be three different groupings here. Min HaTorah, Halakha, and Medivere Sufrim. So what's halacha? So you look in the Yerushalmi, source 21. Shmual Amar Ki chotam Now this sugya also shows up in Kiddush, as I said at the end of the first Barak, and Rashi's comment there as you see in the footnote is Hin higuhu So Shmuel explains that Ha'orlah Halakha means that it's Halakha that the people practice the minhag. In other words it's a it's a grassroots esor that the people took upon themselves in Chutzlaerts of not eating from trees after, during the first couple of years. Um, this is very strange because if you look in the Mishnah you say Ha'orlah Halakha so, even sequentially, you start with Chadash Asur Minha Torah, then Orla Halacha, and Kilamid Sofrim posits that Orla, it positions it somewhere in the middle between Minha Torah and Mid Sofrim. And Shmuel's position seems to make, at least the way Rashi explains it, seems to make orlah uh, Halacha being, if you will, of an even lesser stature, because it's something that wasn't even. Uh, legislated by the Chachamim, but it was practiced by the people. But Rabbi Yochanan, Amar, back to the Yushalmi, Halacha Moshe And that creates the position perfectly. There's a different problem though. If Rabbi Yochanan's right that Orla in chutzlart is Halacha Sinai, Moshe then based on an earlier discussion with Rabbi Yochanan, it should be fully da'oraita. If it's fully da'oraita, then how come it's dealt with more leniently where you could even possibly go in and pick some of the vegetables uh, sorry, that's with Kilim. You could that you could actually buy the Orla as long as you don't see the guy pick it. Why is it dealt with more leniently in Chutzlar than it is in Eretz Yisrael? And by the way, Surya should be no different then. It should all be Doraita. So this is a difficult position also. So Rabbi Yassa, Boikome Rabbi Yochanan, Halachalamosh Right? So Rabbi Yassi asked Rabbi Yochanan, Is this really Halachalamosh Visinai? Amar Bashashni Na Halacha Kachnit in other words, when HaKodesh Baruch Hu gave Moshe the halacha of Orla, that's what he said. He said that, that it's no even chutzlar. So biasa uh, who made Aliyah, or at least came for a while to come and study the Rebbe Yochanan, said, had I only come to hear this thing, it would have been worth it. Okay, very good. In other words, he, he now gets what seems to be an explanation, and this is kind of what we're digging at in this whole series, of what Halakha Lemoshem means. It means that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave the Halakha, he also added in this this orally, this addendum. And so there's a Halakha in the Torah, in Vayikra Yud Tet, about Orlah. And that along with that, orally said it applies to the Chutzlar, it's also. But then, of course, that raises the question that I just asked, which is, why is it dealt with more leniently if it's Hashkodesh Baruch Hu's words to Moshe, it should be Doraita, Safeg Doraita, the Chumr, etc. Okay. Um, in uh, Masechet Migila, and this is something that we looked at in a whole different context in Masachat Shabbat about the letters um, and the and the uh, sofiot, the final letters, the final forms, the final letters. We talked about k'tav at that time. Um, and so we had this sugya about minatzpach. Minatzpach, of course, are the five letters that have different forms in our k'tav at the end of a word as opposed to the middle of the word. And in that sure we discussed how that developed, why it developed, and how long it took for that to develop uh, until finally the forms were somewhat finalized. Sorry for the pun. Uh, so, which means we now have halacha, and this is difficult on several angles, we now have halacha seemingly about not only the forms of the letters, but the double forms for five letters, and the fact that certain, which ones go at the end of the word, and which ones go during the middle of the word. And as we saw in that Shiur, that's something that clearly has a, quite a history to it. And we even find things in Tanakh where there's a mem sofit in the middle of the word and a mem ptucha at the end of a word. All right, so it's difficult. Again, we have to perhaps broaden our sense of what halachalam sinai is. Um, okay, now that's several passages in the Ushalmi. There are more in the Ushalmi. But I want to take a look now at just a kind of a quick survey of the Rambam, and this is not all the places, even by a long shot, of where the Rambam invokes the phrase halachalamoshemi Sinai. But just to get a sense of the range. So, as you see in source 23, I'm just going to do this quickly in English, see source in 23, that uh, a lot of the halachot that uh, have to do with filin, and we talked about this in the last Shiur, halachalamoshemi Sinai, and then he introduces them, and they include. Uh, how they're written and how they're stitched together, and the shape and the color, etc. Uh, in Hilchot Shabbat, we have the uh, the issue of caring and creating a Mechitsa, and how big a Mechitsa is to create a private area. Mechitsa is 10 Tvachim high, and all of those details. And at the very end, the Rambam says, V'chol ha'elu halacha lemoshe And it sounds like Rabbi Yochan's position and Rav's position that we've seen which is that shiurin are meaning the height of a mechitza, the, uh, the width of an area to make it a rishut hayachid, has to be at least dalad um, al-dalad, the, uh, the maximum height, rishut hayachid can be as high as you want it to be, etc., all halachal ha'mosheh um, Now, just taking a step aside for a, for a minute here to think about the implications of this. We discussed the challenge, a few minutes ago I discussed the challenge of Rabbi Yochanan's position when it comes to Orlah. To say that Orlah is Halakhalamoshina, and Halachalamoshina means it has the strength of Torah, seems to go direct flying directly in the face of the Mishnah that dealt with Orlan Chutzlarts as different and far more lenient than in Erich Yisrael. On the other hand, what I mentioned is that if the let's say Chachamim determined, or we say it's Halakhalam Sinai that a mikvah is 40 sa'ah. And then if somebody goes into a mikvah that's 39.9 sa'a of water, they're still tamay, with all the implications, d'oraita do for that, of an isur d'oraita do to go into the azara, etc. Um, if they touched an adasha of a bone, of a dead person, then that person is tamay, with all that that implies. And if on the other hand it's less than an adasha, they're not tamay. So that means that the shurim all have this huge impact, d'oraita. And yet we have the problem that we just mentioned. Okay, just pointing that out. Now, and the same thing in this thing in Hilchot Shabbat. If somebody carries from Rishut HaRabim to Rishut Achid, all of which are defined by, defined by Shiurim, then they are Chayav, theoretically Chayav Skila. And yet it's all durabanan. In other words, the Shiurim seem to be created by or defined by the Rabbanan. And then we saw Rav Shaya's statement, which is that if you ever do commit a violation, you have to... Write down the size of the issue to see whether later on Batians can actually change that shiur. And that would change your status, which has its own issues of retroactivity, but that's not our problem here. Okay, Hachot Shofar. So in uh, in Sukkah here, Shofar, Sukkah, and Luav are together in the Rambam, in the Parakeh, which is Hachot Sukkah, the Rambam says that, um, that there is a deen of Dauphin Akuma, all right? Um, and so he gives an example here. Pick up from the Let's say that you 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 surrounded the sukkah with something that's not kosher schach. Your walls, that's fine. But above, so let's say that where you have your proper schach on top, and then until the wall, you've got some of the overhang of the T'fanot, which is not kosher schach, if it's four amot, then it's pasul. So if, on the other hand, it's, let's say, three amot, or less than four amot, then what we do is we look at that overhang as just being like a curved wall, and it's all fine. And this is what we call dofan ha'kuma. The zeh halacha l'mosheh misinai. Okay, and that's something that we saw explicitly at the end of our sugya of of mechitzin in our sugya that we started with in the Chod kiddush hachorash kiddush hachorash very interesting problem because as we know from the Torah when the mitzvah of kiddush hachorash which seemingly is the first mitzvah given to Bene Israel hachorash uh, is alachem rosh chorashim it's given from our understanding that if the essential mitzvah is that Beitin should receive witnesses, and the witnesses should testify what they saw, and then we announce that Rosh Chodesh is there, and that's how it goes, and we don't have any calendar that anybody could know in advance, and you will never know what day of the week any Chag is until the Rosh Chodesh of that month has come, which, of course, has interesting implications for Rosh Hashanah. Uh, the Rambam has an interesting shita here in Parakeh of Achot Kiddusha Chodesh, and because he talks about the cheshbon, the, the calculation that uh, we credit to, to Shmuel um, and to other later Amoraim. twenty six. The whole calculation issue, including intercalating the year. Bimneha zman, bimneha In other words, either because you see that the um, that the uh, year that the season is uh, it's already it's still winter and you're about to make it Nissan, so you have to add a month. Or So, for instance, you want to, to uh, create—you don't want to create a situation where, for instance, you'll Kippur is on a Friday or Sunday. So you adjust. Basically, that. The only Beitin they can do this uh, is a Beitin in Eretz Yisrael, or they had Smicha in Eretz Yisrael. That's all issue in Masa, in in Helchot Sanhedrin. They don't have a Sanhedrin Rishut, and they have to have Rishut from the Sanhedrin, that's a Sugiyati and a Mosachet Pachot, and other places. Shekach ne'mar lo Moshe, ul haron hachodesh zeh lachem rosh chadashim, that's the Pasuk. Piyash mu'a lamdu, meaning, Piyash mu'a is not halach Sinai, means we learned it from inference from the Psukim. Ish mi'ish mi Moshe Rabbeinu, shekach hu perush davar It's what it means as follows. Eidut zo t'yem esura lachem, hu l'chol ha bimkom khem. Which means this testimony is to you and whoever takes your place as the heads of the Beit Din. But when there is no such Sanhedrin, all we use is the calculation, meaning the established calendar in advance that we've been using in the Ramam's day already for a few hundred years. In other words, the whole notion that when there is no Beitin Smuchin Ber Yisrael, we use the Cheshbon, that's halachah Moshe Messinai. That's the halachah Moshe Messinai, which means, Chorosh Baruch told Moshe and Aaron, Chorosh And implied in those words, which means, De Oreita, Mipiashmoah, is you and whoever takes your place are the ones who establish it. Halachah Moshe Messinai which means evidently, and Hashem told them, but it's not in the psukim at all, is, and when there is no circumstance where that will apply, then you'll do it based on a calculation in advance. Uh, We don't uh, uh, address the issue of witness testimony any further. Okay. In Hilchot Yisroi all right. This goes to the story of Pinchas. Let's say somebody publicly takes a non-Jewish woman and has relations with her, whether in the form of marriage or just in uh, just uh, not not marriage. Oh, yet there's ten people or more. So let's say a zealot came and killed him then these guys are good. I mean, they're not going to have consequences of murder, uh, being accused of murder. Now, interesting line in the Rambam. He says that the whole notion of is but watch what he says. So what's the proof that this is okay? Is Pinchas. So in other words, Pinchas who kills this guy without any due process, just sees him acting and kills him. Pinchas is praised and Pinchas gets a breed, and certainly Pinchas is not now liable for murder. And so that proves such a thing, but notice now that it's being called halachalamosh me sinai. dinan, and now in a later point in Hilchoti Surah Biyo, when it talks about the foreign nations. Amonimuavi Surani Surulam, A very famous thing. The Torah prohibits marrying an Amoni or Moavi, uh, the way that they treated us, and Bilam, etc. All right, but it's only Amoni v'moavi, and not Amonit, and therefore Naama a amonit married Shlomo, and is the mother of Rechavam. And, of course, Moavi and V'lo Moaviyah, and that's Ruta Moaviyah, All right? ha sinai sh'amoni olam ben beno Now, by the way, um, this leads to an interesting discussion about the Mitzri and Adomi, and Shimon's opinion that mitzri and adomi also only the males, but not our problem right now. The point is that Amonit velo ammonit, mit moavi is not really a limud. In other words, it's halachalamosh vesinai that it only applies to men. And therefore, aval amunit u moavit, mutert miyad ksheramu, the minute that an amunit or moavit converts, she can marry like anybody else, she can marry a Jewish guy. Right, so the isur is only on amunim and that is halachah lemoshe Sinai. in Hilchot machalot asurot. When it talks about prohibited foods, the rambam says explicitly, call hashiurin Urin kotam halachah lemoshe Sinai. and all the shirim halachah lemoshe Sinai. He repeats that later in hachod machalot asurot, um, um, just as a, as a general statement. And now, when it comes to hachod shchita. He talks about trefot, different things that render an animal a trefa. And he says, he says, there's all sorts of different things that are sinai, different kinds of diseases or whatever they might have. And then he says, uh, Now there's a very interesting line for what we're doing. He says that, Hashem told Moshe the following eight. We know there's 18 trefot. These eight were told to Moshe, meaning the Torah just said, use the word trefah, basar basadeh, trefah lo so? That halachal Moshe Sinai was these eight trefot. Where are they? Drusa, that's an attack by a wolf. Nikuva, the, 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 the esophagus has been punctured. Chaseran, netulah, sukha Quran, nefulah, shvurah. All these different trefot. Moshe Sinai. So even though all of them are halachal Moshe Sinai, now, notice this is a critical line, and this might help us with our Orla problem, which is, since the only one that is expressly written in the Torah is drusah, because basar lo really means torn up, so drusah, which means attacked by another animal, is the only one that's explicit in the Torah, therefore, we're more machmer about drusah, which means that even though we'll, re- we'll regard all of them is Doraita, And therefore, by the way, if somebody eats a trefah from any of these, they would get makot. Nonetheless, even within Doraita, there seem to be more severe and less severe standards, including drusah, um, uh, because it's more explicit in the Torah. Chazayk'sh to And therefore, Safek drusah asur, from trefot, yishpen sefeikim mutarin kemoshipayar. However, some of the other trefot, some of these sefeikot in cases of doubt, will be mutar. And so therefore you see that within the range of things that are considered d'oraita or of Torah law, whatever you want to refer to it as, there are things which are more stringent and things that are less stringent. So we have on one level something that's explicit in the Torah. Then we have something that is inferred from the Torah. But that's all considered to be d'oraita, 100%. Then we have things that are halakha sinai and then we have things which are derabbanan. But even within Halachon HaMashi Sinai, suddenly we find a new gradation, which is those things that are more explicit in the Torah and those things that are less, and, and that impacts on how we deal with them. The ones that are seem to be hinted to in the Torah seem to be treated exactly like a full Doraita, and the ones that aren't are treated less severely to some extent. Okay, When we get to Hilchot Matnotanim um, to in the Halachot, sorry, in Hilchot in Nezirut, all right, we find that the amounts of oil that are used for the different loaves of a Nazir's bread are halachah Sinai. We saw that also in, in the discussion about the Shemen of the Todah. Fila about Yom, Chatzilag Todah. Good. Uh, in the Halachot of this is one of the things that we focused on in the last year, we see that the following, shnatash this is a kind of good overview of it, Kula Vein there are no Maserot and Shemitah. Nobody owns anything. That's in Eretz Israel. So the Rambam says that in Chutz Laretz, and these are Chutz Laretz that are pro- proximate to Eretz Israel, there's no Shemitah to Eretz So we separate Maser in Mitzrayim, Amon Egypt and Jordan, basically. maserishon Maser Ani. That was the discussion with Sachet Yadayim. What was the reason so that the poor people in Israel will have something to eat? They can migrate a little bit out of the country and get some food. Well, the And then we saw that already in the discussion with Mitarfon. Uh, and uh, and Azaria um, about whether it's Maserani or Maser Um We saw this discussion in Moed Katan, in, in Source 33. Avodah ta'aretz shishit, sh'toshim yom samukh shviit asura. So 30 days before Rosh Hashanah, in the 6th year, meaning ending the 6th year, you're not allowed to do Avodah halachah This is what we call Tosefet Shvi'it. And then we saw there's a further Tosefet that goes back to either Shavuot or Pesach uh, for different kinds of fields. Now, and then he says, "With which means that they inferred it, and this is, remember, Harish and which means it's not exactly in the purest sense because there are psukim that point to it. Right? Now we go into the Beit HaMikdash and at source 34 we find out that the Ketoret, every year they made 368 uh, portions, 365 for every day of the solar year, interesting, and three for Yom Kippur. Um, And the different um, simanim, the different uh, type of spices that are used, the Ram says as follows, Pashuba Torah Arba Semana only four of the 11 Components of the Torah are explicit in the Torah. <laughs> so, Zacharias Baruch Hu told Moshe, write down these four, and the other seven I'll tell you, and you keep that as an oral tradition. Now, it's far easier and almost necessary for us to accept that this really is what Hashem told Moshe, as opposed to, let's say, the Eliyahu thing or the Amon and Moav issue. And then some of the issues of shiurim that we saw, because we saw an opinion that shiurim might change, and we also saw that shiurim are determined based on, let's say, the size of an average body, and chachamim had that determination. Chachamim shiaru. All right, here is now in Maaseh Korbanot, uh, and again, chatzilog, the whole thing of Rabbi Kivu, b'sh, b'shem b'shem, That the chatzilog is uh, halachal HaMosheh V'sinai, um, nisuch ha-mayim, we saw a machloket whether or not it's uh, it's uh, this machloket we did actually didn't see, but the mem yod and mem that are hinted to in the psukim, or halachal Moshe v'sinai, halachah Moshe tumat meit. We saw that some of the issues with that with that issue with that with tumat meit are halachal Moshe v'sinai, etc. All right, al kulam now the Rav I'm here shines a little bit more light into the issue of halacha la Sinai. He says, all shiurim, Sinai, nonetheless, chachamim gave an explanation. Why is it that the shiur of basar hamet for tumat ohel is a kezayit? It's because uh, when you're first created, that's your size. So, in other words, it's halachah l'moshiach Sinai, but they give an explanation for it. So, it's not purely in the realm of, of divine fiat without explanation. Uh, when it comes to tzara'at, all right, the Rambam says that all the shiurim uh, of how big of a blotch and how much hair, etc., is all halachah l'moshiach Sinai. In uh, in another place, he mentions the, th- the same thing about um, about the Beit Menuga, which we saw at the very beginning of our sugya. And the last thing we're looking at is that the that the amount of tsarat on the house that makes it a mitzora house is also also halachoshiy Sinai. Okay, now let's sum all of the sum all of this up because we'll look at the midrashim sort of as a as a as a coda to an epilogue to this year. What we've seen in this very quick and certainly non-exhaustive but somewhat comprehensive survey of the term halachah HaMoshevi Sinai, which may not be the only term. For instance, we saw that Be'emet hints to halachah HaMoshevi Sinai. We may have other terms, like when the Gemara says Gemiri, that may mean it's halachah HaMoshevi Sinai. But what does that phrase mean? So halachah HaMoshevi as Rabbi Yochanan explicated it, it means HaKadosh Baruch who told Moshe the mitzvah and he orally gave him some additional instructions that were passed down orally. And so, that's halachah HaMoshevi Sinai. That's one way of looking at it. On the other hand, we've seen that Halachal Sinai applies to things that didn't exist in Moshe's time, that um, were not yet considerations in Moshe's time, uh, Eliyahu didn't exist in Moshe's time yet, that uh, that uh, Amon Muab, etc., all of those all of those particular issues, and it applies to things that Chachamim uh, themselves determined and may redetermine. It also is something that's subject to dispute. Somebody claims I have a tradition of halachah v'sinai. Other chachamim may say, you know, we don't, and we don't accept it. That's what happened with, with the story of Eliyahu at the end of Eidiot. We also some, saw something else is that halachah lemosh doesn't confirm the status as being equal to a doraita, and we saw that in the Rambam's comments about the drusa. That the that the the, the drusa is among one of the eight treifot given halachah lemosh but since it's the one that's explicit in the text, we treat it more severely, and Safek Drusah which is not true about all of the other trefot. Okay, so the answer to this is that halachah seems to be something of a broader term, that uh, either uh, different Chachamim had different opinions about what it meant, and therefore used it that way, or that it was understood to be a term that implied... This is a recognized, and by the way, notice that in every case that is of halachic import, nobody contests the Moshe They contest if it is halachal Moshe but they don't contest the ruling. In the one non-halachic case that we saw, but they contested it. But when it comes to actual practice, once something is invoked as halachal Moshe it becomes practice. What's its exact status? Its exact status is amorphous. It's full Doraita, but not really full Doraita, not as much as something that's explicit in the Torah or something that's inferred from the Torah. And what it may indeed mean, and some Mishonim say this, is that at least in some cases it may mean this is an ancient tradition that goes back into the misty recesses of time, and we call it Allah and that's the way some of them, for instance, explain uh, Amon Moav and uh, and Ani, which clearly is the so just to kind of put a whole full circle on it, um, we see that, uh, that, that it is a term that really needs to be understood, perhaps differently in different cases, and perhaps differently when spoken by different teachers. Let's take a look at these two agadot. Uh, we have one in, uh, in the Tanchuma, in Bamidbar. Um, uh, and we have one in Kohelet Rabba. So, am Rabbi Chizkiah, am Rabbi Yirmiyabar Abba, B'Shem Rabbi Yochanan. Kol Sheino Omer Tavar B'Shem Omro, Alaw HaKatuv Omer, Altik Zoldal Kidalhu. Anybody who, and by the way, there's numerous stories of Rabbi Yochanan being concerned about the fact that, uh, that his own words were not, uh, were not repeated by his student in his name. All right. Uh, I find it, for instance, in Yerushalmi, in Brachot. Um, So Rabbi Yochanan says that anybody who says something and doesn't give credit to the one who who originally said it is like stealing from a poor person. When you quote something, you have to give credit until you have said it. You know, even if there's like a a, a third step, so you, you heard it from somebody, you heard it from somebody else, Right halacha. So it's halacha, shame, right. Shanu rabbotenu. I'm rabbi tanchum alavlar, and here we go. Ha'mukubalanim rabbi yasha, shekibel min hazkenim. Notice, halacha lamoshu Sinai komin shen omer, davar torah mishem amro, halab katu v'omera, dal kidalhu. Now notice that rabbi Yochanan here is invoking a phrase which uses halacha lamoshu Sinai but in presenting it, it is tanchum alavlar, which may be the same thing as our Nachum HaLavlar that we had in last Shi'ur, heard from Rabbi Miasha, who, who Rabbi Nachum HaLavlar uh, quoted, So in other words, he's quoting even three generations up, meaning he, he heard it from X and X heard it from Y, and he's giving all that credit. Sinai. And what is that Sinai? Interesting. So, this is self referential. In other words, Rabbi Yochanan says, you have to give credit to the person who originated the statement. And here's my proof because we have a halachalamoshi sinai that you have to give credit to the person who originated the statement. And that statement itself is presented in the name of three generations who said it, all going all the way back. And if, on the other hand, uh, you do say something in somebody's name, and there's a very famous drasha in Bavli Megillah, then you could uh, you could be the source of redemption for all of Amisrael. Miat lamaid? Who do you learn this from? Me aster. She Mordechai. She heard from Mordechai that the king was under threat, and she then reported to the king. shame Mordechai. Mordechai's got name got written down, etc., etc. So here's the great lesson. Now, does that mean that the Halakha of Moshe Sinai included all of these, including a pasuk from Mishlei and the story of Esther? Does it mean that Moshe Rabbeinu just in, just uh, gave the directive, always quote your sources, and the rest is all developed later? Or does it mean that Halakha Moshe Sinai means an ancient tradition that goes back? But what's curious about this is that. Rabbi Yochanan proves that you have to say something in somebody's name by quoting a, st- a story about somebody who quoted three generations back about the need to say something in somebody's name. The last I want to look, the Midrash I want to look at is in Kohelet Rabbah. It's a relatively late Midrash. All right, so in, in the beginning of Kohelet, we talk about the fact that everything, nothing new under the sun, essentially. person will say, ooh, here's something new. Ah, it's already been around. This is in Echad when Moshe is repeating the story of Matan Torah. i Levi va Kol So the pasuk includes a lot of extra letters and words. The Hagadot, Hagadot is Hagadot, Umash Talmid Atid Nahorot, and everything that a student is going to eventually rule on. In other words, Piske Halacha, Kfar Hayav Vinitan Halacha LaMoshe It's been around forever. In other words, all of this is Halacha LaMoshe MiSinai. I how do we know that? Umash Katuv Yesh Tavar Shumar Eiza Derachadashu. Right, and you call it. It says a person will say, "Oh, look, I got something new." What does the other fellow say to him? Nah, it's been around forever. So the notion here is not, I've discovered a better widget, but rather, I've got a new understanding in Torah. I said, nah, it's always been around. It's a kind of depressing statement to students. It's like somebody who has money tied up in his garment, and it fell. So he can't put one, that the, the spot that's empty now, he can't put one that's bigger in there. If you have something, a smaller coin, it won't fill the gap. He has to have exactly the right one. If you heard Torah from a scholar, It should be as if you heard it from Arsini. That's in, uh, in, uh, in in But the point here is that they're taking the position that any new ideas in Torah are all halacha Moshe Now, what does that mean? So this certainly should not be taken at face value as saying that every new halacha about in vitro fertilization and about electricity on Shabbat and about uh, zoom minyanim, etc., is something that was given at our Sinai. But what it does, and I mentioned that it was depressing, in a sense, it's actually uplifting. What it means here is that you're all part of an ongoing process of Torah, which in its, in its potential sense was given at Harsinai. And what you're doing is actualizing that potential by acting out, by learning out, by finding the nuance, and by bringing that nuance or that new teaching, that innovative approach into the world. But this notion of Halakha LeMoshe Sinai is a far cry from what we dealt with in the Sugyot, where we're dealing with specific halachic issues and what their status is in the world of Halacha is the oraita, midi frame sofrim, or somewhere in the middle, as Halacha LeMoshe Mi Sinai.